What's up, everybody? It's Jeffrey Lyles. You are listening to Lyles Movie Files. Uh, we got a big show. We're going to talk about movies that have the most satisfying endings. I've been watching a few lately, and the endings are just terrible. So it made me start thinking about, hey, what are movies that get the job right, that stick the landing, that make me go, this movie was great, even if the rest of the movie wasn't good, but the ending really delivered. So we're going to talk about that and break down our choices on those. I started off with five, but then I started making my list and was like, this is too restrictive. So we're going to go up to a full 10. So let's see what things we come up with. But first, let's talk to the fellas. What's up, Chief? Hey, what's going on, Jeff? What's up uh, to the rest of the gang? And uh... Little brother, how you doing? Doing good, bro. Ready to do some podcasting. Jay King, welcome back to the show, man. I know you were under the weather last week. How are you today? I'm doing well, man. Zizol is a wonderful drug. Um, that's not a plug. It's just what it is. It clears up your sinuses. Um, glad to be doing it again, y'all. Let's, let's, let's give them a good show. All right, let's give them a good show, Jamal. Let's do it. That's, that's a mission objective for tonight. First off, I want to hear your take on this one. The Whitney Houston Hologram Tour plots its first 2020 date. Gonna launch January 23rd in Mexico and wraps April 3rd in Belarus, with the North American shows tentatively planned for fall 2020. Fellas, what do you think of this? I am I have thoughts, but I want to hear yours first. Jason, let's start with you. Uh I'm just trying to think like if I had a chance to see like a Tupac hologram tour, would I have done that? That's the case. I just I would just stay home and listen to the records. I'm like, this isn't anything that I'm going to be appreciating. It's like, oh, you have a video hologram. That's really impressive. But I don't. I'm not seeing the artist. So what's the point of being here? I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't waste my time on it. Chief, you checking out this Whitney Houston hologram tour? Is, is that is that basically what it is? You you show up and then. Uh... Uh, you watch a hologram of somebody? Yep. Is it free? No, sir. You are paying for it. Oh, no. No, (laughs) that's that's just... That doesn't make sense, man. That doesn't even make sense. I mean, if that's the case, then why doesn't a band just uh, record themselves and then do a hologram tour while they sit at home? Um, If people are going to pay to go see something like that, like, I would just... You know, if I was Bon Jovi or something, I would just do, you know, record myself and then send a hologram out there to perform every night while I write to the property. Hey, Chief, uh, the Stones are old enough. I'm, I wouldn't be shocked. I'm just saying, that doesn't even make sense to me. Like, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to go out there and then pay, pay for a hologram? That doesn't make sense. So, hey, no, nah, that's not for me. But I okay. guess, you know, I'm. what am I going to do? I'm not that age. So we're over to J. King. Are you going to go chuck out some ducats for this thing? Oh, of course. And I'm going to bring me some fruit and things to throw because I'm an asshole. And I'll be the one throwing things at the hologram so that that part of it can go viral. I want you to see me being a jerk so I can sit as close as I can so I can throw things at the hologram just to see if there's any reaction. Sir, we're going to need you to leave. 
No, I'm getting put out. I'm, I'm probably getting put in handcuffs or something like that. Um, this is stupid. Why do we need it? Why do we need the hologram of anybody to come out there and perform their hits? They're dead. Let let them rest in damn peace, please. I mean, she's she's dead. You know, Javon, what, what kind of makes me curious, I wish there was something that people could access old videos of mm-hmm. stars and mm-hmm. watch them and reminisce in there. You their know, prime. that's something, Jeff, that maybe at some point before we're, we're old men, maybe there'll be this, like, video tube site. Maybe, no, I think maybe a box-like thing. Yeah. Huh? Huh. Or that's a station even, that's dedicated to playing videos and music. Uh, you know, maybe something like that will come along. Oh, maybe. Hopefully. We can only hope. We'll put a pen in it and see what happens. We need to talk to somebody about that. Seriously. We do. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. All right. Next up, Saturday Night Live made some headlines because they announced their cast. One of these new cast members was Shane Gillis, who made headlines because people dug up uh, his podcast recordings where he made some very scathing racist remarks about Asian uh, people. And after the buzz and outrage continued to grow, SNL decided, yeah, this dude's not worth it. Let's get rid of him. But there's another side of it. The Variety reported that Lauren Michaels actually wanted to have a comedian who was more appealing to conservative viewers kind of to balance out the more liberal slant with the Trump bashing that is on pretty much every episode. Do you guys think that in today's political climate, it's worth having a balance and objective, more of a Fox-like approach to comedy on SNL? Uh, I, I, I don't, because, I mean, it's like, it's comedy. Everything, you should be able to say something that's funny no matter what. I mean, it, it's like, there's no, there's never been, I mean, as far as I know, it's like most of like the redneck comedies were, they were funny because they talked to a certain audience. It's like, if Trump does something stupid, it's just, it should be funny for everybody. If you're totally invested in it, that's one thing. But what the guy was, I mean, whatever this dude was saying, it was just racist. It wasn't conservative. It was racist. I mean, it's like, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to repeat the joke. I mean, what he thought was a joke, but it was like, that wasn't even like Sam Kinison, uh, Eddie, uh, Richard Pryor type, like just like it's now offensive. It was like, no, nah, that was just racist, dude. Like, I mean, there's no other way to say spin it. It was just racist stuff. So why act like you need to have this dude on? Timelessly racist. Ooh. Jay King, what do you think about this? Um, Look. Comedy is always one of those things where, you know, we we police the language of everything now. And unfortunately, that that, that exists in comedy. You know, we, we're policing language. We're policing everything. Um, we're policing comedy now. It's a dangerous time to be a comedian, I think. And this guy is, he's another victim of, of political incorrectness in, in his comedy coming back to bite him in his, his the ass of his career. Um, I listened to what he said. There's been worse things said. There's been worse things said and done by SNL comedians. <laughs> but we live in a different era. You know, it's a different era. I can't imagine um, Adam Sandler, Norm MacDonald. I'm just thinking of those who have offended in some kind of way or done something or said something. I say, well, that's racist, if, if only slightly. You know, I, 
we live in a different era, man. It, it's a different time. Anything you say can and will be held against you in the court of public opinion. And you got to remember that, you know. Um, when I listened to what the guy said from, I think that was from his podcast, somebody else's podcast, it wasn't so much that it was racist, it's just that it wasn't funny. And if you're going to be on SNL, at least I, my ass is always that you be funny. You know, this is a comedy institution, and they produce some people who, you know, for what it's worth, have been some of the biggest names in comedy over the last 40-some years, and they produce people you wonder why the hell they even got on, how they even got on there in the first place. Um, I don't know what this guy could have done, but I, I don't feel like he would have did It's a big loss in that regard. Um, but to the end of, um, you know, whether or not it's going gonna, it's gonna to have a big impact on the show, we didn't even know what he had to offer. And plus, with the, the whole, you know, slant of, of, of SNL trying to reach reach out to uh, or have a broader audience. That's just a, a lame excuse. When has SNL ever cared about the conservative opinion when it came to the jokes that they put out there or the spoof of the political landscape in America anyway? When have they ever cared about that? They don't. So it's like that that was Lauren Michaels basically giving a Jay Gruden explanation as to why you sat down your best football player. You know, it, it, it's lame. Just it, enough. Just say you, you got rid of him because of the public outcry, the outrage of what he said. You know, oh no, no, that's what they, they that's that's the story. Mm-hmm. They were just saying that they actually hired him to appeal to more conservative oh, to viewers. It's yeah. still an excuse. Yeah, it's still an excuse. Either way. Yeah. Whatever. All right. That this week done. this week was crazy with the amount of remakes that were announced that are gonna be coming to the big screen, to T V, to streaming platforms. So We've got a Saved by the Bell revival coming where Zach Morris is going to be the governor who's made some changes to the school system. So A.C. Slater and Elizabeth Berkeley, what was her character's name? Help me out, fellas. Jesse? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesse Spano. They're going to be back at the school trying to help Bayside get everything back together. Uh, we've we got a potential house party remake in the works. And we're also having some early conversations about a potential Prince's Bride remake. These, and then we've also got a Battlestar Galactic remake coming. So we've got a lot of unoriginal ideas coming soon. Are you guys excited about any of them? And do you think maybe, just possibly, we need to start coming up with some new ideas as opposed to regurgitating old popular ideas? Chief, let's start with you. So you're saying that they, I don't. How do you? So house house party was a kid and play thing, man. You can't. Mm-hmm. How do you duplicate? Like, did they like? Did they do like a how high with like a little Uzi Vert or something or a little Yachty or something? That mm-hmm. nobody watched. Nobody watched. Yeah. Um, oh, you weren't joking. I really thought even like, what are you talking about? Like, no, that's real. Those are real rappers. I'm dead serious, man. They did a, a remake of uh, How High or something, man. I, listen, certain things are iconic because of the people and who they were at the time. Now, if you want to, uh, it reminds me of, of, of Blue Magic. 
the ceiling blue magic and he was like, you know, this is this is blue magic, you know, you you wanna call it by something else and put it in another bag and call it dog shit if you want to, but don't sell this product like this. This is already fine the way it is. So if you wanna come in and, and bring other actors together and do something other than that, don't name it house party, don't name it whatever, but they do their own thing, then that's fine. But when you start coming out with these direct, like, we're going to do house party, we're going to do this, it, it, that's just, to me, it just ruins the whole the whole thing. Like, you couldn't, they, they couldn't do something else, their own variation, variation of a party or, or whatever. It has to be a play off the original. It, it's just, it's, they're killing me with these remakes. They are killing me with these remakes because I don't think any of them have been good. They're just, like, we we go, who's going to, who's, like, I'm not going to see them. And the kid, no kid born nowadays who would go see that is, you know, so house party. They have no idea what the hell house party is, the original. So, like, it just, they just, it's it's just whatever. The money grab, man, put something together. I'm going to do this. It's, I, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see any of them. I don't, I'm not a remake. You, you're ruining the whole thing by remaking some of the best uh, shows that we had coming out. You know what I mean? If, you, you know, I mean, I'm not going to see them. I, 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 it's a complete disgust for remakes, especially remakes of a remake from like a year ago, and then you do it wait two years, and then you remake it again. I, it just disgusts me. I'm, I'm no, I don't want to see another house part. You can't beat the original. You know what I mean? Uh, you know. What's the do? Boogie with the hoodie, a boogie with the hoodie. Is they gonna do a menace to society remake remake with him? You know what I mean? No, these guys. No, I'm, nobody wants to see that. I, I, that's it, man. I'm not gonna see no remake of these guys. None of, none of these remakes. It's all stupid. Call it something else. Change it. Stop taking from the original and ruining it. I agree. Uh, Jay King, what's your take on him? Hey, Chief summed it, man. You look, these movies belong in a time capsule. If there are certain stories, look, I understand every so often there, there are stories that, you know, Hollywood will, these, these stories lasted until the, the test of time. Shakespearean stories, how many, you know, how many Shakespeare stories do we still see to this day? Just another variation of it. I, I get that. Great stories are, are timeless, they're going to be told. But when it comes to these movies that were made during a certain era, they spoke to the people of those times, right? The house party, which hey, people ain't, ain't, ain't going to stop partying, but teens having a house party because the parents are away is something that you rarely hear of or see today, you know what I mean? Without, without over-supervision and all that. So it, it won't resonate the same way that that film will, did when it came out, 20 what, 29 years ago now? Yeah, it's been a second. It's been a second. It's been a minute. So, 
It's not just House Party. It's any of these movies that belong in a damn time capsule. You 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 can't you almost can't remake these movies given the way the culture is today. Um, for what it's worth, the biggest adventure of of House Party was kid getting to the party. Today he just catches an Uber. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You just negated the whole movie. Like it's like re redoing Adventures in Babysitting. Right today. I think uh, I thought that was I think that was a thought theory they were gonna try and remake that. They were gonna. They were gonna. But how do you do that movie today? It'd have to be in another country. Because today in today's society, uh, a homegirl who was at the bus station calls an Uber. Right. Or she has a cell phone. Right. (laughs) You know, you can't read these movies belong in a time capsule because they were made during an era where they belong. They belonged in that era. I think the real issue is, you know, Hollywood's scared to take any risk. They rely on familiarity, nostalgia. Nostalgia brings breeds familiarity. I'm comfortable with this movie because I've seen it before. That's what they bank on. But the thing is, I remember this movie and I liked it then. The chances are I'm not going to like it now. I'm in my 40s, you know? Mm-hmm. I like I loved House Party when I was 10. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I want to watch it now with, with young rapper, little house phone, or little turkey sandwich, YBF. <laughs> Whatever their little dummies' names are these days, I don't want to watch them in a movie that featured, you know, <laughs> Martin Lawrence and Kid and Play and, you know, Daryl Chill Mitchell and, you know, I don't want to watch that. No, I really don't. Little house phone. I don't know who these guys are, man. House the kids made <laughs> house phone X. <laughs> <laughs> but you got those some, st- some three stupid letters behind it now because that's the new thing. Just piece it together. Yeah. House phone X two three. Two three or, or YBF, right? The names. I mean, I don't look these. Whether it's this movie or Gremlins or Weekend at Bernie's, here's the you loved it thirty years ago. Here it is again. I don't want to see that. Man. Tell me a different story. Good Take luck. a chance. Why don't you? You know, these right. movies belong in the time capsule. That's all I say. So, Gunner, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. How's it going? Good. Uh, we're talking about movie remakes. And TV remix, hmm. and hmm. I know you have hmm. a couple thoughts on that. So, what's your take on these latest announcements of Saved by the Bell, House Party, Battlestar Galactica, etc.? Floor is yours. It's, it's ridiculous. It's it's showing how the next generation of awesome creative people are just not creative anymore. Um, they don't know what they're doing. Uh, so they just like, well, let's reach back to nostalgia, and I'm like, who are they reaching to? Us who don't want it? That doesn't make any sense. Why in the hell do we need another Save by the Bell? Like that doesn't even make any sense. Um, I'm okay with continuations of series, but reboots and all this is ridiculous. Um, there's no reason. Didn't they do that with Save by the Bell? Not once. Several times. Not twice. But three times. Yes, three. Because don't forget, the original Save by the Bell that we we love, that whole block there, was still after Good Morning Miss Blitz, right? A show that they barely launched, and then they threw it out there, right? So, no, I, this, this, why? Um, all these movies still, like, I still haven't seen RoboCop, Ghostbusters. Um, um, there's, that's just, that, why would I watch these movies? I'm like, these things belonged back there. 
it doesn't like why would I need a modern version of any of these things? Um, I just <laughs> it 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 blows my mind how many more of these are coming out, and I guess it's because they're breaking even or doing better than breaking even. So everybody's like, well, let's keep doing this stuff, this crap. I I just don't understand. I just saw another one that said. The thing might be a rumor is flowing that they're going to do another Princess Bride. Like, what? Of all movies to remake, like the you're remaking movies that are like quotables, like in normal conversation, like you know what I mean, like all the time. And this is starting to get ridiculous. Um, what else is coming out that nobody wants to see? <laughs> Missing one major one that really all pissed them. me off. All of them. Any of them. I mean, really, it is any of them. I can't stand it. I mean, it, it just, you know what I mean? I, I was like, nah, I almost went to see Ghostbusters because I was, I was like guilted as a cisgender, you know what I mean? Like, male, straight males is like, oh, I'm starting to get guilted into seeing this. Then I remembered, I hate remakes. I don't watch any remakes. So <laughs> I was like, screw y'all. Y'all can have this crap. And it ended up being crap. So, no, the movie's not good. bad. It was. It just was. Whatever. It, it was, it was what you most of those any, movies are unnecessary. Well, yeah. I mean, none of these things are necessary. No remake is necessary. That's fine. Hell, Judge Dredd wasn't even necessary, but it was still a good remake because it wasn't even a remake. It was just followed the damn comic. So, moving on. But Ghostbusters, I was just like, okay, they didn't even have like the same type of cast. Only women. It was all headliners and what's her name um, from saturday night Live. um so Leslie so i'm like there was no like straight man or straight woman there was no you know what i mean there, everybody was just doing their stick and everybody was equally wacky everybody was equally wacky and equally yeah. funny there was, <laughs> like not everybody should be you know peter rankman you know what i mean you needed a that's straight true person, there like, was no egon. egon yeah yeah and Ray just being Ray, right? Like a right. random dude. And then, of course, I mean, of course, the black person is just still going to be Winston. So there you go. Like, you know, but we're not going to go there because I can't stand her either. Um, but they did do her wrong in that one. Uh, <laughs> they really did. So I'm just, I'm good. Like, I'm really good on every remake ever. Like, I, uh, again, I know I'm missing one that really pissed me off recently. And I'm just, I just can't think of it. Like, I'm still on like the fact that we really don't need another coming, a sequel to Coming to America. Like that also shows another sign of not being creative because it's like, okay, let's just do a sequel from something that was 30 years ago. Plus, so nah, I'm, I mean, I'll go see it before I go see something that's just a complete reboot of something. Like, what about the Dolomite from Eddie Murphy? There it is. I thought that was. The story of how Dolomite was made. Am I wrong about that? I don't know. I no, it's just, just, no, it, it is. It's, it's, it's kind of like a biopic. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Dolomite. I thought that was a biopic of, the, of how Rudy, Rudy Ray Moore became. Yeah. You know how he created the character. Yeah. And all that. Okay. Yeah, that's totally different than a remake of. That's, that's totally different than Superfly, right? Like, oh my <laughs> there was God. no way I was watching that movie. There was no way in hell I was watching that movie. I was like, first of all, y'all remaking. The the exploitation of the black exploitation movie, and if you're gonna do it, like the Superfly was actually, you know, it belonged in that time. That's when you can do certain things. So I don't even know what they did or how they did it. Then I don't know what happened. So like, what's the 
what's the pimping thing that you would do now? Like, you know what I mean? Back then, I was like, yo, I'm going to have mad, mad women's and all this stuff and do all this cool stuff and kick butt. Now what it is, it like, I'm going to have, well, I don't even want to go there. But, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm just, like, you have no idea how horrible, every time I see another remake, every time I'm like, why? Why is this necessary? And I wish to all heavens and hell, whatever you believe in, that people would ask that question before they even get into the boardroom. Like, why would we need this? And the whole, and, and please, I know the always the answer is going to be money, but we just don't need another remake of, of anything. Let's let certain things be in the past. You know what I mean? Next thing you know, we're going to be have a remake of the Flintstones movie. I mean, they're remaking bad movies. Might as well, you know what I mean? I'm like, why do we need a remake of certain... It was a really bad... Oh, I don't know what I'm, why I'm blanking on this. It was a bad... Oh, set it off. Oh, you right. You weren't happy set about that, were you? Oh, my God. First of all, that was a terrible movie. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, we love set it off. No, you like set it off because you needed a black movie at that point in time because... John Singleton stopped making so many movies at that point in time, in nineties, in that in that end of the nineties there, right? The last one I think he did was I don't remember, but before I said, you know, so you needed somewhere, and there was like a wonderful cast, supposedly, and it just didn't. It work. had Jada like, Pinkett. It, was so, it wasn't a wonderful cast. It, it wasn't a wonderful cast. It was Jada a Pinkett fine was a... cast. It was a fine <laughs> cast of black women, and I mean that in both sense of the word. It was a fine cast of black women. Um, Queen Latifah was just like what? wonderful. Wonder Queen Latifah was the best part of that whole movie. That was where you're like, oh, Queen Latifah can actually act. Oh, she's definitely gay now. Um, so that's cool. And shoot, I remember that scene. I know y'all remember that scene. So I'm on trip. So I'm like, yo. And then when she, the way she, she, she died the best. Vivica Fox died the worst. I mean, she was gonna run. She was gonna make a break for. Like, that's like when my son is like, we're telling him no, and he's grabbing something, you know what I mean? Like, he, he has something in his hand he's supposed to have. My son, like, throws it and makes a break for it. Like, but he's like, one, this is like a trained actress who, they, they couldn't write something better? Like, I don't know, that was dumb. So, and then, like, just so happens, old girl's bus just rolls by, and they don't see her in the bus. They had no tinted windows. They were, they were letting her get away. They wanted one of the team to get away and live a, live the life for all of them. That was dumb. And then she's still going to make a phone call to what's his name. And he ain't going to do nothing. Ain't nobody recording this, really. Nah, B. Like, this movie was terrible. Go listen to the soundtrack. Soundtrack was excellent. It's one of the <laughs> best soundtracks of the 90s, straight up. Um, I put that against Bob Durham, for real. And, uh, and, and yeah, I love Bob Durham, for real. And I'm like, why do we need a remake of that? Indeed. What are they possibly going to reintroduce or introduce? Well, they could they could have new. This could be a vehicle to help new African American women get into a movie that everybody Stop. loves. Stop. And now oh, we can yeah. actually yeah. Yeah. we provided you a vehicle right. that we can actually provide the new actor. We're gonna have a. Uh, They're gonna have Zendaya. Angela Bassett. No, it's gonna be Halle Zendaya. Berry. It's gonna be uh, the girl from Deadpool. It's gonna be. Uh, I'm sorry, the girl. So that's the Tessa Thompson. Yes, Tessa Thompson. That's going to be there. So she can play our gay character. Yes, everyone. Yes, we're we're going to have him down. 
Janelle Monet. Just one more light-skinned one. We get who's the other light-skinned one? Because y'all, right now, you're showing oh, me that we actually might need. And Taraji B Henson will be the leader. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you she, go. That she'd be Queen Latifah. Probably like cast this whole yeah. movie. Done. You're welcome, Hollywood. All right, let's move so on. I have a question. Wasn't Widows uh, supposedly like a weird set it off thing? I didn't see it, but I heard no, it's totally it. different. Totally it's different. Good. Yeah, what it's, a whole another idea. The opposite of set it off. We're going on to the movies that have the great ending. I'm not saying this is the definitive. Your top ten bullet to your head. What's the movies with the best ending? Just movies that, as you think of, hey, these are my ten. Uh, movies that have like really great in it and now your ending can be the last three minutes or like the last act whichever way you want to go with it so let's see let's start off with chief let's see what you've got all right um so the best ending number one i went with big trouble little china And the reason why I went with that ending is because at the end of the movie, he didn't go with the girl. Right. Now, I was I was a youngin' when I was watching this joint. And, of course, I'd have been conditioned at that point. You know, at the end of the movie, you know, Romance in the Stone, all these movies that you watch when you're coming <laughs> up, they always end up with the girl at the end of the movie. So there was a point in time she was like, you know, she was looking at him. He was like, mm, nope. <laughs> And he hops in his rig, and then, like, he kind of just driving off the, driving down the road, like, you know what a guy like me does on a night like this? Well, let me tell you. You know what I mean? And he's just, he's headed out of San Francisco. He's done his thing. He's, you know, hey, he's putting that woman in the in the rearview mirror. Like, like that was the first time I've ever seen that in a movie where the dude's like, she's like, take me, I'm yours. Nah, I'm good. You know what I mean? Especially... After all the things he did to the saver, he was right. like, mm, I'm cool. I'm going to go ahead and head out. I've got some things to deliver. i got my rig back. So that was uh, that was my first one. My second one was The Matrix, the first one now. The end of that movie, uh, you know, the last, you know, like the, the last five minutes of that movie was was, like, amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole movie was great all the way through, but the last five minutes was 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 amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, my third one was <laughs> Bop 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 Bop, uh, King of New York. Uh, you know, it was like he after everything went down and everything, you just see the you know the gun just just flop in his lap. You knew. You know, Frank White died in the back of that taxi cab trying to escape the police. And that was like, you wanted that for Frank. You know what I mean? When we first saw it, he was getting out of jail. He was like, damn, Frank, you you know, we didn't want to see him go back to jail. And the cops were closing in on his cab. And matter of fact, the cab driver had ran out. And he was just kind of sitting in the back of the cab like, mm, you know, it's over. And uh, like I said, you next thing you know, you just see his pistol flop over. You like, damn. Um, usual suspects. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, another one where the last five minutes of that show, uh, when he's sitting there, Chaz with Chaz Palmier Terry, or I can't even say his name, but he's putting everything mm-hmm. together. The barbershop mm-hmm. Cortez, the the redwood trees, you know. 
And then uh, my man just starts walking, and you're like, damn. You know, then you just start to think back, and you're like, man, I got to watch this again because I got to see, like, he's been with them the whole time. You know, I just got to see how this all takes place, knowing that he is rolling with him the whole time. Mm-hmm. So, um, great ending. Yeah. Uh, another great ending, uh, which is my fifth one here. Um, and I had a like, there's a lot of there's a lot of good movies. Uh, um, you know, Jeff, uh, I talked to you the other day, which which I guess maybe kind of got this thing started was was my Die Hard. Um, which uh, you know, I I I love an ending. Fellas, this is not my pick, but I'm just saying I love an ending where the villain dies properly. You know what I mean? <laughs> or and I didn't and I didn't pick one for for any of these here, uh, in a sense. But I'm just saying that I love an ending when a villain dies properly. But my last one is Shawshank Redemption. Um, I enjoyed like that ending where you know he's finally going to meet his man on the beach after finally you know. Uh, what was his name? Uh, so was, uh, what the hell was the guy's name? And uh, so was Red. He and, so was Red. Red. Yeah, but uh, now the old man who killed himself. Oh, Brooks. Brooks was here. Brooks, yeah, Brooks was here. And then he put, and so was Red. And then the next thing you know, you see him just walking down the beach towards Andy Dufresne, and you're just like, ah, man, that joint, you know, that joint ended pretty good. Um. So those are like my five that I could think of, like really kind of off the top of my head, a really good ending. Good deal. All right. So like I said, you can do five, uh, no more than 10, but yeah. So just stick to that. Jace, what's your list? Do you like how Jace always flips and rattles his paper over? <laughs> like, he can't ever have it queued up. It's always, uh, let me make I'm sure sorry, that you guys actually, know I that I got my paper I, together. I, I, I actually pressed the wrong button. I, I tried to press it. I thought I was on mute, but I pressed the wrong one. Ah, my bad. Okay. okay. Every time. you always like, let me show you guys how studious I am <sighs> by pulling up my sheets of paper. Go ahead. I did my yes. homework. Right. Yes. Okay. Um, my first one was Revenge of the Sith. I... Like after all the lightsaber fights and all the drama of the lat of the prequels was done, at the end it was the bad guys had won, and it's it's just looking. I mean, Padme is dead. Every, everything's looking bad. But then everybody goes to where you where you expect them. Like uh, Obi Wan goes to Tatooine with Luke. Uh, Leia's with Aunt, I mean, uh, what's his name? Bail. Bail Organa, mm-hmm. and it's like, and, there, and there's like, even with all the bad that's happened, there's still hope in the galaxy. Like, in, in 20 years, it's not going to be so oppressive. So, I, I like an, I like a good movie with hope at the end. I too took uh, um, my next one. I too took usual suspects, that usual suspects, because honestly, when uh, Kevin Spacey just like gets in, it's like freaking cop. I mean, just like. Just like this, like a uh, cop at the end, of it, he's so smug. He's like, yeah, I, I, I knew I broke him, but I, I was trying to get the big man. You know, I, I figured I was just like five minutes away. I, I, I knew I could get him. And then he just figures out, like, like when he figures out he's been played by the head dude and he's been talking to him all day. He's just like, I feel like the biggest schmuck in the world. And then him, like, I mean, Kaiser Sose switches the walk. It's like, 
damn. Okay. Yeah, y'all got it. Uh, third one was The Godfather. I think that was probably one of uh, one of just that, that that's one of those last five minutes of that movie is just perfect. It's you get Michael Corleone just like, hey, okay. It's like, don't don't ask me about my business. It's like, I mean, after his his, his sisters come in there calling him, oh, you cold-hearted bastard, you waited till your papa was dead before you killed him. Oh my God, Michael, no! She's hysterical. And, hey, just once, this one time, you can ask me about your my business. Did you go? No, go. <laughs> okay, I'll just make I'll make you some supper. Wait a minute. You just lied right to my face. And then Nero closes the door just like, yeah, he did. It's it's just perfect. Uh, The fourth one I have was The Dark Knight. Also, that's another one of those, like that last 10 minutes of that movie, that everything you saw, it's not even the Joker part. It's literally Harvey Dent, uh, Gordon, and uh, Batman. It's just like, it's like, we screwed up big time, and this is the repercussions of it. <clears throat> and then, uh, just like Gordon, I mean Gordon, I mean Harvey Dent's speech to them is just perfect. But then Gordon's just like, hey, we kind of got to, we got to make this right, and we're gonna make this evil pack almost to make it good for everybody else, which I, I, I thought was great. And my last one is Superman the movie. <laughs> Uh, Superman after uh, you know he has this uh, conversation with his biological father on why you know he shouldn't be involved he should just you know <clears throat> let the people live their own lives and you know him just lead an example not get involved just sit on the sidelines where he actually decides that's not a good way it's like I can't sit the, sit there and let these people suffer even no matter what uh, he I mean, him just he, he just takes the you know, big stuff, you know, rewinding time, you know, gets rid of an earthquake, gets rid of a nuke, puts Lex Luthor in jail, and then flies off over the world. I mean, you just can't beat that. So that's that's my list. All right. Uh, Gunner, what's yours? Okay. I think the first, one of the very first satisfying endings I ever saw, I remember actually seeing as a kid was Karate Kid 1, the first one, <laughs> the only real real one, right? Two was fine, three we don't talk about, and we don't do the Karate Kid that was actually in China. He was learning Kung Fu. Um, moving on. So, yeah, no, this kid was getting his ass whooped the whole time. He was actually like probably like 20 then or something, I forgot. But, yeah, he was getting his ass kicked the whole time, the whole movie, man. Like, they were really whooping his ass, like, Real 80s bully style, like not even corny, like not. Nah, Get up, Johnny. In your ass. Yeah. They were and then people. one dude was like, all right, yo. Like, he even had like one dude in the crew, like, yo, man, you kind of like killing this dude, man. He's had enough. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, and then they still got him, like, freaking snap his knee, man. And then they came back, man. But the fo- the whole thing was like the whole tournament is the satisfying ending to me, man. Like, the whole mm-hmm. tournament from start to finish. Um, you see everybody coming together. You see Daniel's inspirations, Allie, 
um, and Mr. Miyagi, like, come together and, like, yo, we're going to help you out here in some way. Like, little things like that in older movies you can't recreate or remake. <clears throat> so, like, those little things that are, like, subtle enough, they're wonderful. And then, you know, you got the whole Best Around movie that was actually supposed to go to, what, Rocky Three, but they were like, nah, I don't know. I forgot how that worked out. I think they were supposed to get Eye of the Tiger, but then something else worked out or something like that. I forgot. Um, but that, and then of course, you know, of course, the crane kick that that lasts through the test of time, especially and made it through every culture in the '80s. <laughs> like it was, it was wonderful. So that's that's Karate Kid. I mean, how can you not get inspired by that? The dude was getting his ass kicked the whole time. Dude even tried to learn karate. Found out the same studio was where his peoples were. <laughs> just like or where his bullies were like like how that's terrible like think about that if that happened to you like that's terrible and then you go in there and you this dude that's your maintenance dude's like teaching you karate that's what's up <laughs> no man your super is teaching you karate dude like that's what's up man can you imagine bookman wasn't teaching nobody no karate anyway i thought that was i mean it's just inspirational altogether. and then that whole end scene i mean talk about satisfying endings mm-hmm. all right um, keeping with the same vein of fighting people, um, movie called Fighter, um, Mark Wahlberg, I know, and Christian Bale, though, who, who right off of, uh, I think it was Dark Knight, I don't think it was Batman Begins, I really think it was Dark Knight, I'm trying to remember, anyways, um, he, you know, right. played, hmm? I, think I think I'm right, right, which is like, holy crap, and then he plays this role, um, Dickie, Dickie Ward, who, you know, it was kind of, they were, this is a boxing family, a real life boxing family from like Boston-ish area. And Mickey Ward was the one that they, they focused on in this movie. And it was just like that, that, that they went through so much crap through that whole movie. And you'll find that theme in everything that I say um, about this movie, about all my, my entire list is probably like that. Um, they went through so much crap. And then in that ring, they threw it all out there. And actually that's one of, Christian Bale's lines, right? So they, you know, it was. Uh, I recommend that to anybody that's like feeling down. Just watch that. If you're randomly awesome. curious, Terminator Salvation was his next one, followed by Public, ah. Public Enemies, and then The Fighter. Oh wow, man! He had a busy, uh, busy couple of years there. Wow, wow. Anyways, okay, so there's The Fighter. So keeping with again, same vein of. <laughs> Organized fighting. Um, Ali. Because they actually went into depth. I mean, it wasn't a great movie. I know it didn't do extremely well as everybody wanted. But I thought the acting was decent. Um, And they went in on kind of what he really went through with the whole court cases and refusing to go to Vietnam and all that, right? So, uh, and then to go, and then the ended, of course, with the thriller Manila, um, that was, no, it was Zaire, I'm sorry. It was, yeah, it was Zaire, so I'm sorry. Um, but they, they actually, like, ended it with, with the whole George Foreman fight. Like, that was the way the, it was more, it was one of the, one of those other examples of how the musical score actually makes that scene. It was one of those mini examples of that, right? Um, and that 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 made that real scene because he he was down and he finally got back up. Like that's crazy. 
we all know how that all ended later on, but I think they picked the right point in time in his life for that kind of inspirational part and that wonderful score. Um, so that was cool. Um, so now we're done with fighting, kind of. Um, I'm throwing out Tombstone. Because, <laughs> I mean, I know it's not exactly historically accurate. I know they threw some things here and there and there that probably wasn't accurate, but kind of part of that time. Um, but I thought it was well acted, obviously. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, the the scene that I, I would say the best ending was, or it was kind of like where the resolution started, right? It was when they're at that train station and he's like, <laughs> I see a red sash, I kill him. He's like, screw it. He was trying to be fair. He's trying to be like a regular dude that's trying to just make dough, right? And then all this stuff happens, and he's like, you know what? I'm going after all these cats, and it's legal because I'm a marshal. So <laughs> this dude was like, hell's coming with me. He's just going after all of them. Why not? Uh, and that was just real cool. I was just like, dude, this is awesome. And then, of course, Doc Holliday comes. Man, Christian, I mean, excuse me, uh, uh, Val Kilmer's best freaking role ever was, was I mean, there's no argument. I'm, I'm sure people will try to be like, oh, he was good and no. No. He was good in Heat, but I would say the Tombstone care. is the best one. He was fine in Heat. He wasn't a star Heat. I'm good with him. <laughs> I'm good with him in Tombstone. He was the best. I think you'd find a lot of people arguing for his role in Batman Forever as well. I was like, I don't know why I only know one person remembering that, that argues with me about that. <laughs> That's a great piece of movie. I mean, she's, she's... I only argue with one person about that, and um, yeah, you Are know, they serious on false priest. Yes. I was buried under Frost pre-senses. Like that, plus another argument will bring you up another day. That's like, holy crap, I had no idea. Um, It's so funny. Um, But no, Tombstone, and then of course, you know, at the end where he like goes back and gets what's-her-name, and that's actually somewhat historically accurate. So I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, I love that movie. Like, you can't can't go wrong with that movie. Um, Kind of all over the place on my list. But Blade 1, I mean, Jesus. <laughs> that last major fight scene when he just jumps off the joint, kills his mom's person. Nah. That was when the Boucher Wright was like in the scene. I don't know where she is now. And then she, he just jumped off that whole ledge, landed down. It was just like frost. He was like, oh, you know what's about to be on when that techno <laughs> came on? Man, <laughs> when that music <laughs> came on and those cats started running towards him, you knew it was on. That dude just like, it was over, man. When when that dude, oh yeah, that's right. When he killed dude and like in like one swoop with uh, and then got his glasses back. Right. You, and the techno cool. music came on. You were like, oh, the whole theater. I mean, I saw it at Union Station in the '90s, so you already know that whole theater was like, oh shoot. <laughs> Best. That was wonderful. And then at the end, like before the credits came up, that dude's in that dude's in Russia looking for dude. And he's mm-hmm. just like, he speaks, he's like, yeah, catch you at a bad time. And then they just, Go man, the way they ended that movie. Yeah. That was. <laughs> man, like, we talked about the beginning of that movie, but if we're talking about the ending, it, best endings, that movie still comes up. Think about okay. that, man. They can't, they can't redo that. Only Marvel can really, MCU has to do something for real, which they've done, and to really do that. And the last time I said that was with Spider-Man, of course. So there you go. Um, okay. So you said no more than 10. I think I have less than 10 here. Sorry. 
uh, Sideways. Something about that movie where Paul Giamatti's character was just sad, man. You know, I mean, Thomas Hayden Church was a dick. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I like the playoff of um, Tom Giamatti and Virginia Madison's character. I can't remember their actual character names right now. Um, but, you know, and, you know, I'm a whiny, so I love it. But the, or excuse me, and the ending of that, the way that ended where she read his book and then he was like, all right. And then it just ended with a knock on the door. I'm like, that was very wonderful and very independent film, right? You know what I mean? I, I love that part. That was just, it was just something that was satisfying to me. Cause it's like, no, he found himself. He's like, no, I'm going to make myself happy. I'm going to go over here and take this risk, which I don't do. It was perfect. Um, I have Unbreakable on this list, but it pales in comparison to everything else I've said. I just like the fact that it does. I just like the fact that Samuel Jackson had his like, like his costume, if you will, on, and it it was good. You know what I mean? I was just like, oh, that was probably the only M Night Shyamalan movie that like really felt like, yeah, that's what I wanted to see. You know, not like holy crap, really, or whatever. But I'm like, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, that's awesome. Last and so 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 not least. I watch this movie every year because of this ending. It's a wonderful life. Mm. I don't need to see it colorized. Black and white, <laughs> old school. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, that movie. Come on, man. I mean, <laughs> you want to remake that? I'll probably. Never mind. I won't say that out loud. That's right. Terrorism's happening. But I really will be very that angry. So <laughs> I was like, please. I would try my best to be like, please don't see this movie ever. Like, they will never be able to remake such a thing. If they even tried. Did they try? I can't imagine them trying. It's one of those I mean, ultimate they classic did a films. In the sun. Yeah, but I feel like that's, that's one of their holy movies. They wouldn't try to change that up. I mean, outside of like a Lifetime kind of spin on it. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean we've seen this thing everywhere you know that theme everywhere on every television show pretty much most of the 80s cartoons right you know what i mean ducktales did it like you know what i mean like ducktales did it he man did it like you know what i mean you can you can you know it was it was oh i think yeah joe did it if i'm not mistaken so yeah it, it's everywhere what would your life be like captain planet did it like the whole that's how awesome that movie is that's it it's a good gimmick. Jay King, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, I'm man, ready. let's hear yours. Um, I'm going to start a couple of them. I'm still going to add them, but even though um, they've been mentioned because they were just great endings. But I'm going to start with one. They're in no particular order, y'all. Uh, Rogue One. <laughs> I've never watched the end of a movie that made me want to watch the beginning of a movie. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. When Darth Vader, when you, when they are scrambling, when the rebel soldiers are scrambling to to push that door open, and you hear, and they all stop. Yeah. And they turn around and look into that darkness and that red saber goes. Hey, I lost it. I, I was like, like they, they knew what was ahead of them. Like, we need to run. <laughs> and, but where do you go? You can't even move the door. And I right. gotta give the first three dudes like they were soldiers, man. They fought. They <laughs> shot. They, like, they, they bust their guns. Something. 
<laughs> I, what else am I going to do here? Hey, but that that is a scene in recent movie history that gives you chills. I haven't gotten chills yeah. like that watching movies since. That's and right. that was a good damn movie, but that ended really, it was the icing on the cake for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up is 12 Angry Men, the original. Mm-hmm. Um, I love 12 Angry Men because it's just storytelling. Nothing had to blow up. There was no car chases. Nobody got, you know, it, it was just drama. And when you got a compelling story to tell and fine acting, it, it, it's worth watching, right? You can still watch this and be entertained because you're, you're, you're engulfed in a story. You're, you're, you're raptured. You're, you're caught up in that story, man. And that's what 12 Angry Men does without all the fancy special effects or anything like that, man. It's just a, it's a, it's a fantastic story. But the ending, I mean, my man proved that, you know, as I as I've come to discover, you know, with all the influencers and you know social media influence and all that, not, not the sidebar, but people get influenced and not informed. And that movie was that just because you had two or three guys that just wanted to get the hell out of here and go home. You had one guy who had his pre prejudice, he had his prejudices, you know, and 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 the other things working against. He this guy hates immigrants. He's, he 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 hates this. He hates that. People were influenced. They weren't informed. And it it just shows you how a life can hang in the balance. If it take uh, a life can hang in the balance, all it takes is one person who is focused on the facts. All it takes is one person who's focused on the facts to get people to see, okay, this is what you think happened. This is what happened. So let's not throw someone's life away. That's why I love that movie. And in the end of it, these guys actually, after all of that, all the emotion that was spent in that room, you know, a couple of them actually say, you know what? Hey, man, my name is my name's Joe. What's yours? They actually get to know each other. It was a perfect ending. It was a perfect ending for, for me for that for that type of story. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is seven, because <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but when I saw old girl's <laughs> head in that box. <laughs> the box. Ah. It's in the box. Ah. It's in the box. <laughs> it's in the box. That Did you man. hate her character, or you just like the ending? I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow, right? But we didn't hate Gwyneth I, Paltrow then. <laughs> I, I mean, the, I, I'm gonna tell you something. That ending. She had no role though. Yeah, she really didn't have a role. It's just that ending means so much more now after years of Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, honestly, I'm just joking with that. It, it, I'm not really, but honestly. <laughs> It, it's a wow. good twist ending, man. It's a oh, good yeah. twist ending. It really is. And it just takes you for a loop. And the fact that, oh, boy, that's what his plan was all along. And the bad guy essentially won. I always like some – I don't like some movies when the bad guy wins, especially if they're smart, they're cunning, they're conniving. You know what I mean? This guy got what he wanted. Ultimately, he died for his sin. Envy. I love it. I love um, that joint, too. Yeah. Next up, Silence of the Lambs. Because that was a Hannibal Lecter was just hey look Freddie Jason Michael Myers you know you insert you know uh, 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 evil Candyman yeah yeah <laughs> you you insert any of these pure evil characters what have you nothing compares to the psychotic the the the, the scary intelligence and psychotic nature of Hannibal Lecter. Nothing. I, I, there are very few movies, and you can't even really, I don't know what you classify. It's not a horror movie. It's what, thriller? More thriller? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. But Hannibal Lecter is easily one of the scariest movie villains of all time. Not because he's particularly, you know, scary, dangerous, you know, big hawking, scary, menacing figure. It's no. He'll do something like make you eat your own brain. <laughs> he'll 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 tear the face off of someone else and plot his way out of his cell. I mean that people like that scare the shit out of me because they just this the intelligence that's there and the fact that this person is a complete madman that's scary. And the ending, a hey, I'm chilling. I'm in Cuba somewhere. Come find me. I'm playing a cat and mouse game with y'all. Y'all never find me. And they really didn't. Um, the good, the bad, and the ugly, if you like westerns, that's one of the best endings of any western. Um, it's a long, it's a long movie, but the end is the the end is the payoff is the end, man. It's it's funny and at the same time, this is classic Clint Eastwood being a jerk. This <laughs> is being a damn jerk at the end of that movie. Um, they go through all this trouble for a treasure that ain't even there. Um, next is Dead Presidents. Um, if nobody remembers Dead Presidents, that was a movie uh, starring Lorenz Tate, Chris Tucker, uh, Keith David, a few other folks, Bokeem Woodbine, um, young man goes to Vietnam War, comes home, and everything's upside down. The end of that movie, though, after they commit the robbery and, you know, everything that transpires after that, uh, Chris Tucker's character's OD, uh, Bokeem Woodbine's character goes goes nuts after the robbery and starts handing out money, you know, in, in, in Mount Vernon or whatever they were. And Lorenz Tate and Kirby, man, the, the, his, his OG trying to get out of there and, and get a step, step ahead of the cops. They come in, man, and they bust him. And they're in that courtroom. And he's trying to garner sympathy from the judge, I think it was Martin Sheen. And he, uh, you know, he, he, he points to his service as a Marine in the Vietnam War. And Martin Martin Sheen's character, the, the, the judge just eviscerates him, you know, by by saying, you know, I was I was a Marine and I fought in Korea or whatever, a real war, by the way. And you know, for you to hide behind your service and expect leniency, and the way he says, I'm sentencing you to life, and he drops that gavel, and Lorenz Tate says, man, what the he mean life? All that gave this country, and he throws that chair. Hey, you'd have thought that was <laughs> you'd have thought he was getting life for real. It, it's a, it's 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 nothing sweet about it. It's just he acted the hell out of that scene, man. And that's it, it was unfortunate. It's it's not a happy ending, but it's a real ending. That's how it goes, you know. You, I wasn't expecting him and Kirby to ride off into the sunset, and they didn't give us that. They gave us the hey, the hard reality. Um, I love the ending of the departed. Even though the departed was super Boston, the departed's ending, man. Everybody was getting a headshot. Number one, it was like an Oprah, uh, right. like Oprah studio. So everybody, you get a headshot. You get a headshot. But what sealed the deal is when your boy Matt Damon, that snake bastard, goes into his apartment and he sees Maki Wahlberg holding that silence pistol with the hospital booties on. He's like, I, all right, I, I know. Um, yeah, he has no words. He's like, I know, I earned it. Right. He gets popped in the head, and my man just walks right out, perfect. And then you see the rat crawling on the bed. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, next up, trading places. 
because the Duke brothers were pure evil, but it was it was a funny movie. But the ending, man, they got them back so hard. And after they ruined the the Duke brothers, <laughs> a one dollar. I don't know how many times. There's so many quotables for that movie, but one dollar. And to see them on the on the beach, man, crack crab a lobster. I love it every time, man. Love that movie. That's my list. That is a good list. All right, I just decided to to make a few adjustments to my list because y'all said a few that I had, so I wanted to come up with some different ones. My first choice is maybe one of my most satisfying endings. It is the entire last segment of Eight Mile when Rabbit starts destroying that crew, and he just goes in on them, and just just I love it. That you know with the the beats and just the way Eminem just rips them. It is so satisfying after they just leave him broken, beaten down. Wait, sleeps with his girl, and he's just bumped three world or third world, free world. Free That's world. what it is. Yeah, thank you. But I love that. So that is that always gets me hyped up. I'm like, all right, now let's go do the thing. Uh, I would have said Godfather, but Jace took it, so I'm gonna go with Godfather too because I love how that ending shows how innocent, sweet, and naive Michael was, and then he's sitting in the backyard, and the leaves are just like the withered, fallen leaves are just blowing around in the wind, and Michael's just sitting there like, "The heck have I done? I've killed my brother. I lost one of my right hand mans. I've just..." basically ended my marriage and my wife has aborted one of our kids because I'm such a terrible person. I just love it because there's so much you can read into what Al Pacino is thinking as Michael Corleone in that moment where it's just like, dude, you have become a mess. And I just wish that part three did a better job of filling in what he was actually thinking because it just makes him such a sucker. And I hate the way that, that, that whole trilogy ends as a result. But the part two really ended on a Great. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, I'm going to go a little modern because I figured I'd mix it up a bit. John Wick Chapter 2. That ending is superb. When he starts off in the museum and then he's going after the dude and it's like, oh, you can't kill me, sucker, because I am in the Continental. And it's like, oh, shoot. And then, then that's like, it, that is just like, that would have been a perfect ending. But then the whole next part of, yeah, well, I, you know, I'm giving you a whole hour. And he's like, Winston, tell him whoever comes for me, I'll kill them all. And it's like, oh, shoot, bring on chapter three. So, yeah, that's definitely on there. Another cliffhanger, because apparently that's the theme for me in these movies, Kill Bill Volume 1. The moment mm-hmm. Beatrice steps into that club where it's just that long pan shot, that long tracking shot to when she is ripping arms off and says, leave them here. They belong to me or Renishi. Love it. And the last thing is talking to her in the trunk and like, I am going to kill. And it's like, dude, this is, this sequel is going to be the best movie. And it wasn't, but that first one had me really, I I just can't. I'll I'll explain that later to you later. Yeah, we need to have another. uh, We we can discuss that one because, yeah, I have a lot lot of thoughts on that one. Uh, Another one that nobody said that I just really liked ending for was Lucky Number 11. Um, Hmm. I just love how that whole thing was set up where it's like, oh, shoot, Bruce Willis is a gangster assassin, killed a little kid. And the way they told the story was done in a way so it wasn't like, 
oh, okay, y'all were just hiding everything so we wouldn't find out. But it was told in a way where it was like, oh, you guys are trusting that what he was saying was the truth. So, yeah, I really like the way that played out. And it was just a fun movie. I have to go with Empire Strikes Back because it is one of my all-time favorite cliffhangers. It is just like everything. For the moment, uh, Luke lands on Bespin. He's got his gun cocked and it's like, oh, shoot, it's a trap. Goes in and starts fighting Vader. Leia, Lando, and Chewie start escaping. And in that lightsaber fight in Cloud City, still my favorite just because of the lighting and the red and the blue going against each other. Just such a great movie. And then it's like, in the end, it leaves you with that notion of, okay, maybe things are going to be okay. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, one that ends in a way that is definitely not everything's going to be okay is the Boz Lorman version of Romeo and Juliet. Because he takes, you know, the story that we all know how it's going to end, but he, he screws with you just a little bit and makes you think that maybe this is going to end that way. And it's like that flicker of her hand and Romeo totally misses it because he's grieving. And then she starts to come alive right before he kills himself. And it's, I love the way that plays out because of how cool he was setting up the lighting. It's just I love that ending. It's really good. And my last two, even though my wife told me not to be predictable, um, but I'm also going to be different, uh, Infinity War. I loved how that was set up. It was just this fun, rollicking comic book blockbuster, and then it just got way dark. The Joker snaps his hands. Cap goes, Thor, where'd he go? What it cost you? Oh, everything. And Joker starts fading out, and the audience goes quiet. And that is probably one of the most fun movie-going experiences I've had because of how quiet the theater was because people who weren't up on the comic were just totally shocked that they would end the movie like this. So, And then Cap's last words, oh, God. And Thanos smiling is like, oh, shoot, we're in for it. So naturally, my favorite, my last one is Avengers Endgame because that culminates everything with this Marvel Studios ride and it is so satisfying if you've been in these these films right from the jump from Tony Stark going I am Iron Man calling back all the way to the first film uh, and Iron Man I really gave some really strong consideration to being on my list too just because it was so unpredictable but with that and then Cap getting his dance with Carol Carol I'm sorry with Peggy uh, it just it was so satisfying so yeah that's my list. Top 10 favorite, most satisfying movie endings. I would have said Rogue One, Javon, because that ending was crazy. Just the whole fact that all of the heroes that we got invested in over the course of this movie died. And unlike some other films, I actually felt those characters' death. It was like, geez, man, they're all going to kill, get killed. It's like, shoot. And then all the rebels, it's like, oh, man. But then they, they leave us that nice ending where it's like, yeah, you want to pop in Star Wars right now. Um, so, yeah, definitely. The other great thing about that is, like, wait, why would, once you get invested in the movie, like, why didn't we know about these characters before they, you know, yeah. and then, oh, it's like, oh, oh, that's, that's why. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, because it's like, man, these characters are so much fun. Let's see more. Oh, okay. That, that explains everything. You hope it is. <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. Fellas, what are your nominees for Dummies of the Week? Let's start with Chief. My Dummy of the Week has to be that baseball player, the pitcher, who got arrested for messing with the minor. 
um, he, for whatever reason, he said, like, a, he started messing with a girl when she was, like, 13. Now she's 15. And um, she's been sending, like, explicit pictures on on the phone. And, like, the mother caught him and, like, you know, saw the pictures. And I'm like, I, I, like, like, yo, dude, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you're a major league baseball player messing with a child. Uh, so now, you know, he's in jail without the bail. And, um, you know, that just, uh, it just didn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't get it, but I mean, it's not for me to get anyways, I guess, you know? So, um, but yeah, he's my dummy of the week. It's, I, I don't know what to say about that. You know, you're bringing in millions of dollars a, a year, and you want to mess with children? Ah, all right. Well, that's definitely a good nominee. Uh, Chase, how about you? All right. Uh, my nominee is actually going to be for whoever even put the bug in somebody's ear to remake Princess Bride. I mean, I know I know Gunner went in early, but it was just like, I mean, even the cast of Princess Bride is like, usually, you know, they do like the diplomatic thing. Like, you know, hey, I'm sure they might have a different interpretation. It might be fun. They're like, nah, this is trash. Do not let them do this. It's like Wesley, Carl Ells. He was like, yeah, making a, a remake of this would be inconceivable. It's like, yeah, you cannot do this movie again. It's There is nothing you can do to build off the old movie. It was fantasy, very nice movie. Trying to put this in 2019, probably 2020. It's like, no, stop. Like, talk to somebody else. Ask them what they have on the... What, ask some kid who's in L.A. right now, what do you have as a screenplay? We'll make this instead. Like, that's a far better idea. So whoever thought that wasn't a good idea, my dummy of the week. Gunner, how about you? Uh, I'm still gonna say Sony for uh, keeping uh, Spider-Man on the plantation a little bit. The Spider-Man share crop a bit. I don't like it. Um, uh, just hear I hear a rumor that Sony's stalling because Apple might buy Sony or some crap. I don't know how much that rumor is completely true or not, but just in case it's true, you heard it here first on Loud Movie Files. Uh, yeah, which I guess, you know, would make sense, but, you know, they want to keep as much money as possible. But I've thought that if Sony gets bought, then the rights revert right back to Marvel Studios and we'll be fine, which would be wonderful. Um, and we won't get another Venom movie, uh, or or the Morbius no, no, movie, or whatever the hell. I actually have a friend who actually really is into that. Those contracts are so convoluted; no one yeah. really knows who the owners are. Like we Wonderful. think Sony is the owner, but no one is really one hundred percent sure. Great. And that reversion clause, because if that was the case, it always should have reverted back to Marvel like years ago. So. It's it's one of those situations. 
Apple would be quite happy to say, hey, if they bought them, they'd be like, hell yeah, go ahead and make a movie. We don't care. We, we have no pride in this. We just want to make money. Right. Like, Apple would be down either way. <laughs> so, yeah, like, like, yeah, we, you know, I mean, our, our joke of a movie studio is, like, ridiculous, but no, nah, they'd be like, sure, have fun. Exactly. Cut us hey, in. Can we put some of this uh, Marvel content on, uh, yeah, I know you got Disney Plus. Can we put this on uh, our stuff? Okay, thanks. Happy swell. Jay King, how about you? Man, it's a toss-up, man, because I want to go with Dave East for being probably the first person in history for going to jail for having a threesome. Um, Elaborate, please. For those of y'all don't know. Huh? Oh, yeah, you got to tell me this story. <laughs> okay. All right, so the rapper Dave East, New York rapper, he, um, he was in Vegas. And uh, he got two chicks to come back to the to the to the room to a suite, and um, he, um, <laughs> you know, getting into it, getting unhappy with the girls or whatever. And so I guess he was paying one more attention than the other, and the other chick wigs out, and a fight ensues. And I guess he hit the girl, or she says he hit her. He, uh, she, he hit her, and police are called. And what should have been a great night ends up with him in handcuffs and facing two years. First night so, ever. Yeah, right. Damn. Hey, it was hey. all good. It was all good an hour ago, right? Man, jeez. Guess geez, it's geez. supposed to be a fifty-fifty deal, not seventy-five twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's there's him. Wow. And right. Damn. I mean, yeah. Yeah. All wheels. I don't know, Javon. I don't. The second dude is gonna have to be a real dummy for me to, to go against this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, wow. that's, that's rough shot, isn't it? That's like a. I don't. There's. I don't. There's not a lowercase font L I can possibly find for that. Like that's a. That's a L. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's a L. Old. <laughs> you're a rapper. You think this is the start of like this is what I'm gonna have. For the next ten years, I'm gonna make Wait, five songs on jail. this. I'm going to yeah. jail for that. Oh, yeah, I'm going to jail. Wow, I'm a threesome. So he's a ride all oh. three. He's supposed to, on a tricycle. You got to ride on all three wheels at the same yeah. time. There you go. There you That's go. All I gotta say. I mean, I want to include Antonio Brown because he's been having the worst week, I and mean, people just can't stop suing this guy. And <laughs> The one, the one that got me was him in the doctor's office, just farting in this poor doctor. <laughs> yeah, like the doctor's mad as hell because he's farting in front of his face. <laughs> I'm just like, what the hell, man? Just play football. What are you doing? Okay, you're, you're filming the worst reality show ever. Uh, I mean, this, yeah, that, that, in the hot air balloon. This would have been hilarious as a reality show. Dude, let me tell you something. Besides, besides last, rape drugs, like, that right there sounds like a reality show. Hey, Jace, his last seven months alone, you showed up to your press conference with a with a blonde mustache. <laughs> with a blonde mustache. <laughs> like, please release me. Please release me. I'm crazy. It's like some Pearl Dram release me. Then you cap it off by showing up the training camp with a damn hot air balloon. You freeze and, your feet off. And frostbite for it, yeah. <laughs> Did you say, I don't want to wear this helmet. I want to wear my Pop Warner helmet. Huh. You ain't doing, you're filming the, the funniest reality show ever. 
it's, it's, seriously, this could be an episode of Ballers or something like that, man. It's just it's straight comedy. No, a whole this season is of Ballers. Enthusiasm. This is your enthusiasm. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Man was You're trying right. his best to get fired. You're right. <laughs> so I don't know, man. It's a toss up between <laughs> them two, man. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go with my boy. I'm gonna go with I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give a little, little threesome. Yeah, yeah. He, he's that dude's got uh, it. I think that was, dude, that was intentional decisions yeah. he made this yeah. week. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just like, dude, come on. Yeah, you, like, you have you two hands. Yeah, you know, come on. <laughs> Jeez, my nominee is not as stupid as that boy, but mine is pretty silly as well. It's all these NFL rankers and dudes getting on the hype train for one Dakota Prescott after he's whooped up on the Giants and the Redskins defense, thinking this is finally the year that he turns the corner and takes them to the promised land. No. Because Dak is not a winner. Hey, he's going to be a winner for Cowboys fans in like two years when they're like, why do we still have this dude? Yo. Hey, we'll look up. Check back with me in week eight. An honorable mention to the Giants GM who thought that they could actually ride Eli the whole season. Yeah. Hey, it just me that Eli looked like he owns a shitty pizza place in Queens right now. He looks haggard. Oh, my God. Hello, 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 hello. We can talk about whatever you want, but we're not gonna have no fucking disrespectful giant talk on this channel. So no, okay. That's that's what we're not gonna do. Oh jeez. I said honorable mention, chief. You know what I mean? Hey, look it. I told you that your boy was gonna be out there on the field. I think he's gonna do. Hey, listen, listen. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What we share in private is not something we share with the fans. That's right. You're right. So, I'm, so, that's, so that's listen, there will be no Giants disrespect <laughs> on on the open podcast. That's that's not disrespect. That is that's legit. I think y'all can be in good shape. Watch, watch what I say. Hey, and before we leave here tonight, man, shout out to HBO for renewing the uh, the Boondocks. What for hey, twenty four uh, episode for twenty four episode? Uh, yes, uh, joint. Yes, huh? on HBO Max. Yeah. Oh, that's mm-hmm. happening. Yep. Yeah, if we're going to do a hour to the dummies of the week, that is it. That's yeah. hero of the week right there. That's the hero of the week. Thank you. Aaron Magruder's back. Thanks for bringing that back up. Jeez. Dude, can, I cannot imagine what the first three episodes are going to be. I just can't imagine. It's gonna you be know how much has happened? How much, you realize how much has happened since the last I have to make it a double-sized episode. Jeez. Oh, man. All I need them to do is bring back Dave Chappelle and put it back to back with that, that, and um, and um, black girl, black lady comedy show, sketch show, like that three half hour right there. Man, that's like hey, Fox back in the nineties, right there, man. Black All lady sketch show is insane. That joint is hilarious. Hey man, that... it started off <laughs> slow, but you know, so did Chappelle. Oh, it just, but oh, it's a steamroller now. It's, it's yeah, I'm like, oh my god. They're going in now. I love it. Good deal. All right, fellas. Well, I love this episode. Hope y'all did out there. Thank y'all for rolling with me. This episode allows movie files. Has been filed. <laughs>